0: And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Proverbs. The Old Testament book of Proverbs and Proverbs chapter number 11. Proverbs chapter number 11. The book of Proverbs has been a book that we've been bouncing back and forth in all throughout the year and now as we are finished off our rest of our series, it's the book that we're going to spend the rest of our time on and a lot of principles that we find inside of the book of Proverbs. Remember the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom for us. It gives us practical applications of living our life on a day-to-day basis. The book of Proverbs is something that we need to spend a lot of time from because we learn a lot of principles of life, of going forward and being successful in what God has given us to do and in life in general. And we find our way to the book of Proverbs chapter number 11, and if you don't mind, let's look together at verse number 14. The book of Proverbs chapter 11, and notice with me in verse number 14, the Bible says this, where no counsel is, the people fall, but... In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the book of Proverbs chapter number 11? The book of Proverbs chapter 11, and notice with me in verse 14, notice the phrase, the multitude of counselors counselors, the multitude of counselors. And as you're going to discover, this idea of having a multitude of counselors is something we find quite often in the book of Proverbs. It is an emphasis that God places that in a multitude of counselors, there is safety, but without these counselors, there the people will fall. You'll find yourself in danger. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. As we come up to you today, we're just asking that you would give us wisdom, that you would open up your Bible, that you would help us not only to hear, but also to apply this principle in our life that we may have safety and not run into danger. Lord, I'm asking that you would just be with us, guide this entire message the way that you see fit to be a help to your people, that they would seek after you and desire to have your wisdom and be prosperous within their daily lives. Thank you for Jesus dying on the cross and paying our price for us that we can have this wisdom Applied in our lives. Fill me with your spirit and guide and direct even now, and we trust you. In your name we pray. Amen. As we examine, we're going to look at several different passages in the book of Proverbs, especially that deal with the subject of multitudes of counselors, that God wants us to be able to find people to seek after wisdom. So, the first principle I want to apply as we observe this is the principle. Of wise counselors. The principle of wise counselors. That this is a principle that God puts in the Bible for us to apply to our life here. The principle of wise counselors. The word counsel that's found here where there is no counsel, this word counsel carries with it a word picture of a helmsman. If you're not familiar with a helmsman, a helmsman is someone who steers a ship inside of a sea. You know, for us in modern times, you might think in your mind that big old wooden wheel. With that big old wooden wheel, you have someone that's driving it, and when he turns the wheel one direction, the ship moves. He turns it the other direction, the ship moves. The idea of counsel is someone who is like a a helmsman, that a counselor who you trust can help guide and direct, direct the ship. So if you could imagine that you're a ship and you are headed down a river, now there's not a single river that is straight. There's going to be things that are in the way. There's going to be, you're going to need someone to help navigate that ship, Through all of the things that you may face, whether it's rocks or low tide, whether something in the way, another ship, a barrier, a turn, you need something to help guide and direct. You can't just let the ship go straight and hope that it just ends up where it's supposed to. You need a helmsman. With having wise counselors, here's the picture. These wise counselors give us wisdom, and with this wisdom, they help steer our ship. Now, that's something that's helpful. We need people to help steer us because if we're left to our own devices without any maps, without knowing what's going on, we could run into anything. This is why the Bible says where there's no counsel is, the people fall. Anyone who is foolish to say, I don't need anyone. I could do it myself. You're going to run into something. You're going to fall. You're going to run the ship aground. You're going to mess things up in your life. Every single one of us need counselors. Every single one of us need wise counselors to help us out. A good example of this would be Rehoboam. Rehoboam in the Bible uh, was Solomon's son. He was given the kingdom. And as he took the kingdom, he had the older men come to him and say, Rehoboam, your dad was a good king, but he put a lot of taxes and a lot of service on us. If you would lift the reins just a bit, the people would love you and serve you forever he says, you know what? I'll get back to you. He goes to his young friends who all believe like him and they're getting ready to take the throne and help him out with this. And he goes, guys, what do you think? I'm like, Well, don't be a wimp. You go tell those people that you're going to be tougher than your dad and that you're going to sting them with scorpions. You're going to whip them with whips. You show them who the man is. Rehoboam says, I like this. Well, that wasn't wise counsel. He went up to the people and said, listen, I know my dad was tough, but I'm going to be tougher. You will respect me. And they said, we're going to go start our own kingdom. See you later. And the kingdom was broken too. Why? He did not have wise counsel that he heeded. He listened to foolish counsel and it caused him to go aground. It wrecked an entire country because he wouldn't listen to wise counsel. Let's see more about this principle of wise counselors found in the Bible. Turn with me to Proverbs 15. Now, again, we're going to look at several different passages in Proverbs because we want to see God brings this up quite a bit. Proverbs chapter 15. Notice if you don't mind in verse number 22. Proverbs 15 and in verse number 22, it says this. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Here people can have a good plan and a real desire to do right, but they lack information. None of us know everything. One of the things about having wise counsel is they're able to bring up things that we did not consider before. One of the things about wise counsel is that they could bring up information that we did not currently have to make a good decision. Wise counsel can provide that information so we can make a proper decision. Again, it says that without counsel, purposes are disappointed. Meaning that you could have every intention to do what's right. And you're going to carry out that plan whether it's something simple like, all right, I know how to get from here to here and I'm going to follow the path and I don't need to listen to anyone else. And someone says, before you go, I need to tell you something. No, 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 I've got this. Well, what they wanted to tell you is the road was washed out and there's no way to get back. Mm -hmm. Well, that's important information. If I had that information, I can make adjustments. Another biblical example of this would be the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was determined on his third missionary journey to go back to Jerusalem and there make it before the Passover. He had a desire to get some things accomplished. And so he set his heart. He set his mind. I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going there. Well, you know, an amazing thing on, that, on the way back, God put in Paul's path, several different people who tried to give him wise counsel. Now, I know we're talking about the Apostle Paul, but may I remind you that he was not perfect in everything he did. Amen. He was human just like we were. Even as a veteran missionary who started a hundred and something churches, he didn't know everything. One of the people that came up to him was Philip, who happened to be one of the very first deacons inside of the church of Jerusalem. Philip had been a deacon, and now he was currently an evangelist, a church planter. And so Paul had known him before as he's going back to Jerusalem. He stops by Philip's house. Philip has his daughters there. And while they're there, they're starting to talk. Paul saying, yeah, I can't wait to get to Jerusalem. God, through his spirit, gives Paul and says, don't go back to Jerusalem. You should avoid it. There are other things to do. Don't go back. And Paul said, none of that. I'm going to Jerusalem." Well, when he got to Jerusalem, everything broke down. He got to Jerusalem. He tried to obey the pastor there. And because he tried to obey the pastor, people had misunderstandings. And Paul is arrested. And when he's arrested, everybody goes, oops, nope. I don't know, Paul. I don't know what you're talking about. And they all step away. He's put into prison for two years waiting for trial. Finally, they ship him over to Rome where he sits in Rome for another year or so. That was three years that were wasted. Could have been church planting if he would have listened. But he decided, I'm determined. By the way, was his intention to go to Jerusalem good? Yes. Was it noble? Yes. Would it have been God honoring if it wasn't for these other circumstances? Yes. yes. And did God use it to honor himself? Yes. However... He could have avoided all that mess if he would have listened to counsel instead of being determined, I know what's right, I know what to do, I don't need this counsel. He ignored that wise counsel. So even Paul, nobody is so spiritual that they don't need counsel. No one is smart enough where they don't need counsel. Every single one of us need counselors because there's information we may not have. There are things that need to be put into us. Notice there's a couple more verses that tells us our need of wise counsel. Again, we're still at this first idea of the principle of wise counsel. All of us need wise counsel. Why? Well, turn with me if you don't mind. Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14. Notice we have two verses here that show us why we need counsel. Proverbs 14. Notice with me in verse 12. Proverbs 14 and verse 12, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. If we stop that verse there, we go, okay, well, that's good. But notice it goes on. But the end thereof are the ways of death. Why do we need counsel? Because we could go on a path that we think is correct, but it be the wrong path. I know how to raise my kids, but you ignore wise counsel and then they break your heart. Well, that's going to hurt. You could have listened. Well, I know how to use my finances. Well, it may seem right, but if you don't use wise counsel about it, you may lose everything. There is a lot to stake. You may think that you have the right way and you have good intentions, but without wise counsel, that way that you seem is correct may end up giving you a lot of heartbreak later on. By the way, there's not a single one of us who purposely say, you know what? I'm going to choose what's wrong in my life. Everything that you did in your life, you did because you thought was right. Whether it was at the moment or for the long run. And most of us can say that some of those decisions we made was not right. It felt right at the moment. But it ended up bringing heartbreak and we could have listened to wise counsel. And that's why do we need wise counsel? Because we could be deceived thinking that we're on the right path and we're not. We're coming back to Proverbs, but there's a second principle. Notice with me in Jeremiah chapter 17. And if you don't have this verse marked, I want you to mark, highlight, underscore everything. Jeremiah 17. Again, we're turning to Proverbs in a second. This is just our only pit stop outside of Proverbs. But this verse is necessary. Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17. Notice with me in verse number nine. Jeremiah 17 verse nine. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. What does this verse tell us? That our heart will lie to us. Well, I just feel this is what I should do. Don't base things off of feelings because your feelings can lie to you. Well, in my heart, I know that this is right. For those of us who grew up as teenagers or maybe got to the place where we're raising teenagers, this may be something you deal with. You shouldn't date this guy, but you don't understand. I love him, but he's not good for you. But I know it in my heart but your heart's going to lie to you. Mm -hmm. We're trying to help you. You know, our feelings can lie to us. You may feel that this is the right action. (laughs) Well, I met this guy on the street and I just felt it was right to give him $5,000. Well, it's not based things off of feelings. (laughs) I wish that wasn't a true story. (laughs) But you know, I just felt that it was right. No, wise counsel before, especially big decision. Unless you got $5,000 as pocket change, and I hope you're a tither, but you know, most of us can't afford to lose $5,000. We have things that feel so right. But our heart will lie to us. There are times that our mind tells us this is the right path. It's not. There are times our heart will tell us the right path. And it's not. Why do we need wise counsel? Because we can't trust our own decision making from time to time. We need people to double check on us to that we're doing what's right. By the way, if it is right, you don't mind people double checking. You want to make sure you're on the right path. Seeing that the heart is deceitful, should we legitimize what it tells us to do in our decision making? Decisions have enormous consequences. Putting our decisions in control of a wicked heart is precisely what the Bible tells us not to do. No human being has ever reached the place in age or education level where he only makes right decisions. Let me give you a hint. Your pastor doesn't always make right decisions. Don't believe me, ask my wife or my kids. I don't always make the right decisions. None of us get to that place. All of us need counsel. There's one certainty that we could say over 6,000 years of human history is that we are woefully bad at making good decisions. All of human history says we make bad decisions all the time. We have the light of history. By the way, you are not the exception. All of us are bad at making decisions. We need counsel. This is why God gives us these instructions so we can avoid making those bad decisions. What has he given us? He's given us the Holy Spirit. For anyone who's accepted Jesus, your Savior, you have the Holy Spirit within us that can help guide us in the truth. That's one. He gives us the Bible. The Bible is the primary way of finding out what God has for us. What's third? He supplies us with counselors. These three areas help guide us to do what's right, but we have to use them. What's the use of having a wise counselor if you never use them? Amen. We need to have counselors. So that's the principle of wise counselors. Let's go to a second idea that we see in Proverbs dealing with counselors. And that is seeking wise counselors. Seeking wise counselors counselors. Notice with me in Proverbs, back in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter one. Proverbs chapter one. Proverbs chapter one. And notice with me in verse five. Proverbs chapter one and verse five. A wise man will hear and increase in learning. A man of understanding shall obtain Unto wise counselors. What we see here is that God doesn't just encourage any kind of counseling, He instructs us to find wise counsel. The opposite is true, by the way. A foolish man will refuse to look at wise counsel. We see that in verse number seven. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. A wise person will find wise counsel. For example, if I want to do what's right in my life, I'm not going to go ask someone who failed in life necessarily what to do to to succeed. Unless they're using those lessons to teach me not to follow those mistakes, right? I'm not going to find someone who's purposely, currently, present tense, messing up their life and say, hey, can you teach me how to live like you? I'm going to find wise counsel. We're going to define our terms. What does it mean to wise counsel? But we should be looking for wise counsel. Notice with me Proverbs chapter 12. So again... If we're going to make the decisions that we should make in our life, we should be looking for wise counsel, seeking wise counsel. Because when we get knowledge, a wise person will increase in knowledge. A wise person will receive wisdom, increase in wisdom. A wise person should be seeking after wisdom. Notice with me Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12, notice with me verse 15. Proverbs 12 and verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes but he that hearketh the counsel is wise. Here we have the fool. The fool always believes he's right. No one could tell him any different. Do not become that away. Every single one of us need counsel. We should be seeking wise counsel. Again, forgive the personal illustration, but as a pastor, I don't make decisions on my own unless I go seek after counsel. I go ask people, does this make sense? Does this sound right? Does this, whatever else? Let me give an example. When um, the Lord was preparing me to come up here, I was currently pastoring a church in Jackson, Tennessee. In the middle of a message, as I'm preaching, Second Corinthians, preaching, God says, you're done here. Done with the message. Done, he says, you're done pastoring here. I've got something else for you. And it scared me. So my first assumption was I had too much pepperoni pizza. So I went to my wise counselors. Some of you know them. um, Brother Somador, Paul Swanky, some of the others. And go and say, hey, I believe that this is it. Is this me being crazy? Is this me? What's it? Is this pepperoni pizza? Tell me. And they go, no. And they would bounce it off and said, I believe that God's leaving you on. I believe that he's preparing you to go somewhere else. Wonderful. Because of that wise counsel, me double checking because I could not trust myself. I then God switched it to help me prepare to be here. And guess what? Most of you are glad I'm here. Amen. That was God bringing us and organizing and setting it up. But you know, I didn't just make a decision of my own. I sought for people double checking. Is this really what God has for me? Is this really, do you, do you confer? And there was people that I trusted, seeking wise counsel. Even today, if we were gonna make a big decision for the church, it wouldn't be just, hey, pastor just had a dream last night and I think this is what we should do. <laughs> I go for wise counsel, bounce it off my wife and if she looks at me like I'm crazy, maybe I'll double check. Go, you know, talk to some of the leadership in the church. What do you guys think about this? I'm thinking about this, talking it out. Everyone needs wise counsel. It doesn't matter if you're the pastor or some, the head of your family or if you're a teenager. Teenagers, you're not always right. You may feel like it, but it's not true. Your heart will lie to you. Everyone needs counsel. You know, I think about a teenager. A teenager in the next 10 years are gonna make the five biggest decisions of their entire life. What am I going to do for a living? Where am I going to live? Who am I going to marry? Where am I going to go to church? And I just forgot the last one. I had it just a second ago, but those are big decisions. Doesn't those affect all of your life? Where are you going to go to school is the other one. That's where are you going to go to school? Where are you going to live? Who are you going to marry? Where are you going to go to church? What are you going to do? By the way, those are probably the five decisions they are least equipped to deal with as a teenager. For those of you who survived that, don't you understand? They need counsel more than ever. I tell my kids all the time, I don't care how twiddle pated you are, I'll never fall in love with a guy. I will always have an honest opinion about that scumbag that you're trying to, right? (laughs) Fathers, (laughs) right? We're not going to be sugar-coated. We'll be able to give an honest thing. Hey, listen, there's some things wrong with him. I'm not going to be blinded by twiddle paint it. Our teenage girls sometimes blind it by how great that guy is. And they don't realize he's got problems and issues. And that that's why they need wise counsel. Hey, what job should I have? Well, you should probably get some counsel on that to make sure you're getting the right thing. Where should I go to church? You should be asking for wise counsel. You don't wanna go to a wrong church. Where should I go to school? You should have several people that you're looking for for counsel on that. Where should I go to school? Why shouldn't I go there? What's wrong with her, right? Looking for wise counsel. Rather than being taught by the cruel teacher of experience, which is the school of hard knocks that most of us had to go through. If they could avoid that, wouldn't it be better? I'd rather learn from someone else's mistakes than try to make them myself. Wise counsel can help you avoid those mistakes. So here's another one. What to look for in a wise counselor. So we know the principle of counseling. We're supposed to get counseling. We know that if we're wise, we're to seek counseling. So what do we look for in a wise counselor? Again, we're not just picking anybody Who is it that we should have as a counselor? Here are a couple traits that you should have in a wise counsel. Notice with me, uh, first of all, it should be someone with a good testimony. Someone with a good testimony. Meaning that you want to learn from someone who's walking with God, who's walking right, who has principles in their life, things that you want to learn for. You want to be able to... uh, Have a counselor, someone with a good testimony. I'll just read to you right now Psalm 1.1. Psalm 1.1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. It says, blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. If you're going to do what's right and get get counsel from those who are doing right. So if you have a friend that's robbing banks and knocking over convenience stores, Probably check your friend list, but that's not who you want to find out how to have a good life because they're going to run into a bad life pretty quickly. You want to make sure that they have a good testimony Are they living the way that they ought to. There's an old saying, you tell me who your friends are and the music you listen to and I'll tell you the person you're going to become. You need to have wise counsel and people surrounding you, people who are going to encourage you to be better in life. A second principle, what are you seeking for in a wise counselor? First of all, someone with a good testimony. Number two, someone who loves the Lord. Someone who loves the Lord. Turn with me to Proverbs 21. Someone who loves the Lord. Proverbs 21, and notice with me if you don't mind in verse 30. Proverbs 21 and verse 30. There is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. So if you really want to have wise counsel, find someone who loves God. Because someone who hates God is not going to give you good counsel. Someone who hates God says, I don't read your Bible. Is that ever good counsel? No hey, you don't need to go to church. That's always bad counsel. But if they're going to give you bad counsel there, what other bad counsel are they going to give you? Have someone who loves the Lord. That should be your biblical counselor. counselors. They should have someone with a good testimony and someone who loves the Lord. Here's a third trait that you should have in a biblical counselor. Notice with me in chapter 20, Proverbs 20 and verse 5. Proverbs 20 and verse 5. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. What's the third trait characteristic description of a man who is wise counsel? Someone spiritually mature. Someone spiritually mature. Verse number... um, (coughs) Five, it says, counsel in the heart of a man is like deep water. Someone who's spiritually mature should have a deep well to dig from, not superficial. There are some people who have a superficial view of the Bible, understanding of the Bible. They're not going to be able to give you good counsel. They're going to give you surface counsel. If the only verse they have memorized is John 3.16 and that verse badly, then they're probably not going to give you counsel to follow the Lord. Notice as it gives us, but a man of understanding will draw it out, meaning that someone who really wants to learn and do right, they're going to find a biblical counselor that they could shut up and listen and learn how to draw that wisdom out. You should have someone that you just don't talk at. You should all have people that when you are in that person's presence, you just shut up maybe ask some questions and let the knowledge come out. If you, as a counselee, seek for wisdom and you do all the talking, you're not seeking for wisdom. Learn how to allow them and work with them to draw out that knowledge. There are people that had deep wells, but no one wants to draw from it. Learn how to sit at the feet of people who are spiritually mature. And draw from them. Sure, you may have lots of problems to be fixed, but you'd be amazed of how much can be fixed. Rather than you tell them all the problems, than to shut up and listen, and let them pour the wisdom out. You'll gain a lot more. Why? Because sometimes we don't even know how or what we're seeking for. We just know we need something. Allow have people in your life that are spiritually mature that have a deep well have something that they can draw from. Here's a fourth characteristic trait of someone who should be a biblical counselor. Notice with me in Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19. Notice with me starting at verse 20, 20 and 21. Proverbs 19. Notice what it says. A man of great wrath shall suffer punishment for thou shall deliver him, yet thou must do it again hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in the latter end. Verse 21 is where I was going. I'm sorry for reading verse 19, but you got extra. Verse 21, there are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. So notice this in 21, the counsel of the Lord, that's what's going to stand. What's the fourth principle? Find someone who will use the Bible. Find someone who will use the Bible. What do we mean by this? That if we're truly looking for wisdom, we're not looking for man's opinion. We need someone who be able to open the Bible and show us what does the Bible say. Because the counsel of the Lord, that will stand. It will not fall. I am still fallible. If I give something in my own opinion, it could still be wrong. But God's word, if we go to God's word, that's going to stand. We have solid ground there. If you have a biblical counsel or counselor, who never uses the bible that shouldn't make you go pause do you have someone that will be willing to show you what the bible has to say and trust god's word to do its own work what's another characteristic we find of a biblical counselor what kind of biblical counselor should we have in our life notice with me in proverbs 27 I told you there was a lot of passages in proverbs that dealt with this subject proverbs 27 Proverbs 27, and notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse number nine, Proverbs 27 in verse nine, ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. So doth sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. What other characteristic description do we have of a biblical counselor? Someone who loves you enough to be honest. Someone who loves you enough to be honest. Hearty counsel is counsel that comes from the heart. A friend that loves another person will tell them the truth. This counsel will become a joy to the heart because the friend is helping them and not just telling them what he wants to hear. By the way, if you're gonna have a biblical counselor, don't find someone who's just gonna repeat what you want them to hear. You don't need a parrot, that's not helping you. You need someone to say, you know what? You need to fix things. Give an example. Give, forgive the personal illustration. I was sitting in a master seminary class, and all of a sudden, Pastor Sexton, who was my teacher, uh, stopped everything, looked at me, and said, "Listen, as long as your wife keeps cutting your hair, you'll never, <laughs> you'll never uh, 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 move forward in the ministry." And I went home. My wife says, "I've been telling you that for years." <laughs> You know what? He stopped the class, and it was kind of embarrassing to get called out and say, you know what? Mm-hmm. But he was helping me. I've never gone to my wife ever since for a haircut. No. <laughs> I went and get it professionally done because I am a public speaker. I'm in front of people. I don't need to have a crazy haircut that was up there. When I'm on camera and stuff and trying to work with people, people will stop looking at me and they're looking at the hair and kind of like, what just happened there? It it wasn't that bad, but you understand. (laughs) We want to have people that will tell us the truth. That's having a good counselor to tell us things that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear that we need to fix. A good counselor will do that. Someone loves you enough to be honest. Notice, if you don't mind, another principle Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs 24, notice with me in verse number 6. Proverbs 24 and verse 6, we see a repeated principle. Proverbs 24, 6, For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war. And in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Three times in the book of Proverbs, the idea is repeated about having wise counsel. There's a multitude of safety. Here we could see that there's several people who match these descriptions in life. Someone who loves you enough to tell you the truth. Someone here that you could go to from several different sources to double check. uh, For example, this phrase here that before you go to war, you should have a lot of wise counsels that tell you whether this is a good idea or not, whether you could do this or not, whether you could pull this off or not. That's just wisdom in practical sense. If a president decided he was going to go to war, he should have some people that he's already talked to beforehand. Is this a wise idea? What's the fallout? Can we do this? Is this? What's the aftermath? What is going to happen afterwards? Those are all counsel things. People who know information that give it to them. Here we could see that all of us need multiple counselors. What do we mean by this? That I should be one of them. I should be one of them, but I shouldn't be your only biblical counselor. You should have enough spiritual people around you that you could rely on their information. Find someone else who meets these qualifications that you could turn to. You need to have a good church home that you're faithful to. You need to have a pastor that will shepherd you and look for you. And beyond that, we also have some other people that we could trust. Maybe someone else in the church that we've learned that they, this is someone that's walked with God. Remember, the qualification's not perfection, but maybe someone who's learned from their experience. They may have a lot of... Again, if I could avoid making the mistakes, that's great. Learn from someone else. You should have wise counselors. By the way, I'm not telling you that you need to run every decision to me. That's not what I'm saying. And that's hopefully not what you're hearing. However, there's some big decisions that you should probably run through, Pastor. Hey, Pastor, I'm thinking about moving my family off to Never Ever Land. Okay. Well, is there a church there? I don't know. We haven't looked for a church, but I know I need to go move to Never Everland. Hold on a second. That's going to be a big decision. And if you go to somewhere where there's no church, is that really what God has for you? Unless you're going to go start a church because you're a missionary, that's a different discussion. But you should be asking for wisdom. Why? Because your family's at stake. Wouldn't you hate to wreck your family because you didn't ask for counsel and you didn't have to? there's some things that you should be looking for wise counsel from. Again, I don't care whether you're going to Wendy's or Burger King. That's not, you don't need counsel for that. You deal with that on your own. But perhaps there's something. Teenagers, pastor, I'm thinking about dating this guy. What do you think about this? That should be wise counsel. By the way, you should be working a relationship with your parents to help you with that. Again, I'm not trying to ask to be involved in every decision, but you should have people that you trust enough to go ask for wisdom that are going to be a help to you that will tell you the truth. I'm just so determined to go to art school, and I know this is the best thing for me. Well, perhaps you should consider these other things. Have you? All of my pastor's friends, it's amazing. We'll go to camp or go to something there, and church people will come to me. I'm I'm not their pastor, but they'll come to me. Hey, um, I'm thinking about becoming a missionary. I'm thinking about being a preacher. I'm thinking about leaving churches. Good. My very first question is, did you talk to your pastor? Why? That should be a source that you go to immediately. No, I'm not going to go to my pastor. Why not? Because I don't want him to tell me what I don't want to hear. Well, then there's an issue, something with your decision. Does that make sense? Go to people that will be willing. Don't just find people that will agree with you. Now, all of this is to protect us because there's a safety and a multitude of counselors. God doesn't want us to go through life trying to figure things out by ourselves. Because we can't trust our heart and we can't trust our feelings. We can't trust that everything that we're doing is right because we're blinded or we may not have enough information. Having people around us help guide us and give us these things. God expects us to look beyond ourselves when we're confronted with choices. Instead of listening to a deceitful heart for sound decision, rely on prayer, Bible study, and the knowledgeable input of a multitude of counselors. Learn this principle and you'll find that you'll make a lot less mistakes in your life. For those of us who have got a graveyard behind us, we could probably say, you know what? I should have listened to more people. I should have sought for more counsel. I We're trying to help people. Now you say, well, I'm already on the older side. Well, good. Start from where you are and move forward. It's not too late. You can make the remaining years of your life the greatest years of your life applying these principles of wisdom found in the Bible. Do you have a decision that's coming up? Do you have something that you really need to find the answer to? And that you thought you had it because you figured it out all by yourself? Listen to what the Bible says. And look for spiritual mature people who are following after God and love the Bible. And learn to get wisdom from them to guide us step by step.